Ashton? Here. Debnar? Here. Frost? Here. Albertson? Here. McGaw? Here. McDonald? Here. Winter? So moved. Second. Uh, any discussion on the motion? Any discussion about the minutes, comments, corrections, etc. Okay. Um, seeing no comments. Uh, uh, all in favor of approving the December uh, six minutes, please signify by saying aye. Uh, aye. 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 Opposed. Okay, the minutes are approved. Um, public comment. We have three public comments, all of which to speak under old business, so we'll defer those to old business. Um, and uh, I don't believe, Shelley, we have any other, uh, uh, any other requests for public comments? No, there are not. Okay. Um, moving on to correspondence. Uh, I guess that's you, Bob. Yes, we have one email from um, James Lessonby, and he is a tandem instructor for the Lodi Parachute Center. And what Lodi is proposing to do is to um, have a San Francisco skydive whereby they would um, have people cross the bay in a ferry, pick them up, bring them up to a location, and they would take off in a twin otter, and then they would uh, jump over Cinema Sky Park and land at that location. Uh, what he was interested in is finding a field where they could take off uh, Napa didn't want them to take off there, and he was just gathering information to see whether uh, Pedlin would be interested or Nevada, which might be closer to their uh, destination. Uh, at this point, it's only he's trying to gain some information. We've made no um, pact or uh, shook hands on anything so far, but if we went any further forward, we'd certainly come to the airport commission for their approval. Okay, um, just out of curiosity, um, since they would be landing from elsewhere and loading here, would that even be something that the airport would have jurisdiction over preventing? For landing, you said, or? Well, for landing and, and picking up passengers, because essentially what you're telling me is he, then he's proposing to land the airplane in Petaluma, pick up, essentially picking up passengers, albeit ones that are going to jump out of the airplane <laughs> at some point. Um, and uh, uh, would we even have jurisdiction? Would we even have jurisdiction to say no? Uh, actually, be like a charter service where they would come and pick somebody up. Mm -hmm. uh, if we did go ahead with this, I want to make sure that he understood our traffic patterns and uh, the mainly they want to work on the weekends. Uh, they're expecting three jumps per day, so Saturdays and Sundays are a busy days. So he needs to kind of blend into our pattern and not um, be abusive. Okay. It's in a twin order, which is fairly quiet. Yeah, I'm familiar with the airplane. Um, yeah, as long as uh, as long as they don't usually make their usual vertical arrivals. <laughs> oh, a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. um, occurred to me if if he's going to be taking on passengers, obviously he's running a business operation, right? It, it is a business operation, yes. 
uh, as a charter would be, they come in, pick up passengers, and go. If, if and when he comes back to you um, and perhaps gets more serious, this is something we probably could easily look into. It sounds intriguing, particularly from the potential for jet fuel sales. Um, but I'd want to make sure that, that we took a look at the various aspects related to insurance, perhaps. If he's actually operating a business and using our field facilities, if that gets into him having to have a place of business on the field and go through all of that the way we have with other tenants. I realize he's not a tenant. He's just coming in and picking up bodies and going. Um, but I think we might need to look at that just to make sure that we're not giving him a special advantage that other potential operators at the field uh, might not already uh, enjoy. I think it's just something to be careful about because the FAA grant assurances are very clear in that matter. Um, yeah, I, w I, would, um, uh, I would agree with it. Uh, we've got to watch for the grant assurances. However, coming from the outside and picking up passengers is the same as would you know, any sure. other charter operation. Exactly. And the airport has very limited ability mm -hmm. to regulate somebody coming in from the outside and picking sure. up passengers because that's what the airport's sort of meant for. Right. Um, since they're uh, not, you know, operating out of the airport, um, it's getting kind of in the gray area. So I guess I kind of like to see the operation. I think we need to at least look, look at, at, it. at it. Yeah, let's know, just look at it. I just, you're up. probably right, but still. I, I have a question, Bob. Uh, why why did Napa decline to have it there? Uh, when they do their jump, they call, in this case, Oakland Center, and uh, broadcast that they're jumping. And so Oakland Center draws the traffic away so they can uh, take off and land. Uh, Napa was afraid that they would cut down on their fuel supplies or fuel sales if they were shut down for any period of time. Uh, it would be the same. They would have to broadcast, um, not necessarily taken off from our field, but if they would jump over our field, they would have to um, contact Oakland Center. Um, I had a question as to, so they're they're leaving from Petaluma, and then the skydivers are landing elsewhere? Is this Landing or? elsewhere, yes. Okay. He did inquire about what parks he could land at in Petaluma, and I... I know not in the not very many. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know in the past that we've had um, mixed... Um, um, results with uh, skydiving at our airport due to the fact that the airport is very um, long and narrow. So it seemed like a uh, topic for discussion and clear as to what everybody is doing and, and what the um, procedures are. I discouraged him from landing at the field. That, that was um, for safety reasons it was not permissible. Was he going to get back to you uh, in some period of time or were you going to get back to him saying yeah we're interested in talking to you about it or I was going to respond to his email and, and let him okay. know that he was asking for facilities so they could suit up well we really don't have the facilities for that kind of uh, operation um, and I once told him that um, if he was to consider landing in a park that he would have to contact our parks and recreation department and um, go through the process of right. getting insurance and yeah, whatever prints he yeah, needs. I had a question will they be refueling at this place and and uh, and how are those people going to uh, get here? Are they going to bring in their own cars, or how are they, are they going to be parking here? Or uh, they would bring them by bus. I, I presume a small van, and uh, they would be refueling. Mm -hmm. 
and then again, are they looking for uh, facilities? This mentions classroom and whatnot that they have elsewhere. Would they be looking for the same at Petaluma, or do we know where he's at yet with that? I know they're looking for a facility that they could suit up in. Um, we don't have that in the terminal. Okay. Thank you. Any other comments under correspondence? All right, moving on to old business. Um, I think you have an update for us, Bob, is that correct? <coughs> the subcommittee met twice uh, concerning the uh, items that were brought up at the last commission meeting. Uh, after the second meeting, we um, made contact with um, Dan St. John, who is the Director of Public Works and Utilities, and we met with some senior staff members for a second meeting and, and reviewed uh, all the items that were brought forward at the uh, previous subcommittee meeting and the airport commission meeting. At that point, a uh, letter was drafted and uh, the day later it was uh, mailed out to, to Kent. And so I think you have a copy of the letter in your packets. Any comments from any of the board members uh, regarding the uh, uh, old business item? Mm -hmm. All right, well we have uh, four public comments. Um, uh, I'm probably going to ma mangle this, but it looks like uh, Harry Uderbach. And you had, yes, you had a comment that you wish to make. You have basically three minutes to make your comment. Well, I wasn't sure I'd be able to actually come here and speak, so I wrote a short letter if I might read it and then give it to you. That's fine. Um, I'm writing this letter in support of Ken Car Carmano, organizer of the November 10th, 11th Petaluma Veterans Day Parade flyover. I'm a recent new resident of Petaluma relocating from San Francisco after retiring from a business that I ran for over 32 years. I had never met Mr. Carmano prior to appro approaching him for the offer to volunteer my help for the flyover he was organizing. I was drawn to the event because of the positive, all the positive things that he was attempting to put together for the people of Petaluma. His ambitious goals to assemble warbirds, World War II veterans, flight crews from the aircraft, a local chapter of a Corvette club, and members of the Sonoma Calendar, calendar Girls, with the help of a handful of volunteers and a small group of very generous local business owners and patrons. <clears throat> As one of the volunteers, my responsibilities included, but were not limited to controlling and limiting the entry of appropriate personnel to the airfield. I also stayed in close proximity to Mr. Carlomano, so that when he was called away from time to time to handle various issues that came up, I was on hand to assist crew members and politely ask any members of the public that it may have inadvertently gained entry to the restricted, restricted area to leave promptly and relocate to the other side of the fence. The Corvette personnel were always coordinated by the leader of their group, and the Sonoma Calendar Girls were also coordinated by their leader. So many of the folks that have been misidentified as public were actually supervised members of the entourage of participating Veterans Day Parade participants. It's ironic <coughs> that instead of working with Carl Mr. Colomano in a positive manner on how to plan for the next opportunity to have a flyover to honor our veterans, it feels like the airport commission is working hard to make sure that Mr. Carlomano 
is being chastised for his efforts to honor our veterans and give people young and old the chance to see warbirds flying over Petaluma Veterans Day Parade. It seems that no good deed goes unpunished. I hope the members of the Petaluma Airport Commission can take a step back and focus on the positive things that Kent has accomplished and be a little more farsighted in their assessments of the situation. And then um, Mr. Uh, Richard, and I'm sorry, I cannot read. Can you tell me what the last name is? DeCarly. Okay, Mr. DeCarly, you have three minutes to uh, make any comments that you wish to make regarding the flying. Thank you. So Kent is guilty, guilty of having a passion for his hobby. Kent made a noble effort to make Petaluma Veterans Day Parade special, a special day to honor those who defend our country and gave their lives for our future. A day we allow their thunder out of respect. This situation is no different than a group of antique automobiles, horses, or little league ball players who gather in a parking lot before the parade. You need a place to park and wait for your queue to make your showing. The only parking lot for airplanes is the airport. They had to park there for the Alameda flyover on Saturday and for the parade flyover on Sunday. Unusual vehicles are always the, an attraction. I'm reminded of the story of our own local Fred Wiseman who flew in 1911, 110 years ago, broke down only a few miles into his flight and landed in a pasture where the local Cinnabar school teacher brought her students to see the aircraft. It was curiosity that brought the people to the airport, not Kent, in his misstated flyer. Kent clearly states locations downtown Petaluma, Sunday, November 11th, 1 to 2 p.m. flybys, not the airport. I was present on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as witness to some of the activities in the fly-in, flyover gathering. On Friday, I witnessed a man at the walk-in gate denying access to the general public. Further, the drive-through gate was closed except to tenants. I heard people turned away who wanted to go out and see aircraft. On Saturday, the gate was again monitored. I myself guarded the gate for a period of an hour and was instructed by Kent not to allow any unauthorized entry. I also witnessed Kent turn away a pilot in his aircraft because he was late and missed the flight briefing. On Sunday, I observed, was observing the parade. After the parade, I went to the airport and helped with the aircraft departure. I heard a comment that the planes flew too low on Sunday. With my trusty camera, as I do every year, I tried to get a good photo. With full zoom, I compared it to last year's photos and saw a little difference in image size. Unless there was some kind of measuring device, I have to say they flew as high as ever. Comments from the pilots to me were how well things were organized and how happy they were to have the opportunity to be part of the appreciation of our veterans. Some only came to the USS Hornet event and others stayed over for the parade. I heard that a family, the family of astronaut Neil Armstrong was honored by the flyover. People at the parade were thrilled. The only mishap I witnessed was a homemade tow bar failed, caused a nose spinner, a minor dent, which easily repaired. My opinion, the airport should be equipped with a tow vehicle and bar. What if there is an emergency? Warbirds are not your average planes. They are well-maintained and heavily insured. I was honored to meet some of the world's most experienced pilots, military career experience, highly decorated heroes, test pilots, experience to exceed Mach 2, and some of the most recognized stunt pilots in the world. So it begs the question, who is the greater risk on the runway? Someone doing their first solo or a veteran? There was a comment about exceeding the weight limits. I looked into the Pendleton Airport website and found no size weight limitations. I did find on the FAA website the following importance. No air traffic control tower. The airport is open to the public. No landing fees. Weight limit of single wheel, 12,500 pounds. The DC-4 is a five-wheeled aircraft with an empty weight of 43,299 pounds. The airport is capable of a five-wheel load of 62,500 pounds. 
Also, without a tower, it is solely up to the pilots to make decisions in reference to landings and takeoffs. And the only thing I found was it says avoid overflights of the old historic Adobe, the old Adobe Historic Park. So in conclusion, I witnessed no event or show at the airport. There was no public access. There were no fees to attend. There was no profit made. It was all for the love of our veterans, who in some cases gave their all, and for the education and preservation of these antique aircraft, something we all should support. Thank you. And I also have a copy of the flyer, if you need to see that, and some airplane photos that show the, whoops, well, there's no size difference. Thank you. Um, Mr. Gene Carlomagna. Good evening. I'm Gene Carlomagno, and uh, I'm Kent's father. I'm 90 years old. I own a Mooney out there. I've been flying since I've been 14 years old. I have quite a varied background in aviation. I um, <clears throat> became involved at a real early age. 1927, Lindy crossed the ocean, and he became my hero. That started it. 19. Uh, 37, I met Howard Hughes and had a discussion with him. I was washing airplanes down at Mills Field for time in a J-2 Cub. He stopped by, he just flew in his P-35. We talked about his Sabursky, and we talked about other things. From there, it went on and on. I was a World War II veteran, and I was a naval aviator during the war. Um, I'm up here because I've got a number of years experience in air shows. Not air shows particularly, but fly-ins. After the war, I sold, I bought military aircraft and sold them uh, after we complied with the, uh, with the CAA regs on them. But more important is, why did we have this, why did we celebrate this 11th of November? Mainly for the veterans who gave it their all. They deserve something every November 11th, and I think we all recognize that. But unfortunately, this was the first time in all those years, and all those fly-ins, that the people who did the performing, who brought in the airplanes, have ever been put on a carpet by an airport commission. Normally, at the other shows, if they varied from the laws, rules, and regulations of the airport, the airport management, at an opportune moment, would pull them aside and discuss it. It didn't get this far. This is known in, in the warbird community as a farce. It should never get this far. It should be stopped right there and discussed man to man. We didn't do that. But, be as it may, <clears throat> it was a great event and was recognized by the Aviation Warbird community as a great event. Some of these pilots have a tremendous amount of experience. Um, Stu Eberhardt, flying the B-25, Colonel, 20,000 hours. 
gentlemen flying the uh, C-45, thousands of hours. You don't fly a warbird if you're a pudnocker pilot. Believe me. And these fellows did their best. I have a letter here from one of them. Just a short note to let you know how well the flying went on November 9th to 11th in recognition of our veterans. The discipline exhibited by the flight crews was the best. The safety briefings before the flights were thorough and resulted in flying re re reflected this. The event came off very well. There seemed to be no safety flying issues observed. observed. That's one. Petaluma was put on a map by an article written in Pacific Flyer. Pacific Flyer is distributed throughout the United States. It's a tremendous article here. I don't know if you've all read it. Petaluma doubles its pleasure with two aerial events. Not too many fly-ins get that kind of recognition, but Petaluma did. They, um, you'll have to excuse me, I have just shot a few notes. Uh, the um, event for fly-in, it benefited everybody. It, it benefited the people. Now, I was the guard at the gate, with the exception of a three-hour period on Sunday that I wasn't there. I had an emergency at home. But I made sure that only the people that got through that locked gate were either aircraft owners, sponsors, and their affiliates, or people who flew, flew airplanes in from other places and the people who were with them, or people who owned aircraft on the field. It's very hard to determine when you're talking to these people if they're telling you that they are involved in flying those airplanes. So their control was there. The times I took for lunch, we had backup. Bob will... Uh, confirmed that I was stopping people who were just wanted to come out and see the airplanes that did such a great job of flying over the parade and wanted to go look at them close but we wouldn't let them through the gate and I was in control so the buck stops here if you think you've got somebody that you want to talk to talk to me but um, in all the fly-in went well the city made money. Everyone was happy. The crowd that came out stood on the deck, cheered the airplanes, cheered the pilots. It's strange how things change. When I was a, when I was a little child going to the flower school over at, uh, in uh, Fetter Springs, they used to say, when an airplane flies, go out and wave to it. We had an incident where they thought the, the uh, C-45 was flying, the C-54 was flying too low. I, the woman came to me and said, why do you fly so low? She was from the school. I explained to her the procedure in getting that big hunk of metal up with the other airplanes, the change in pitch, the climb attitude, and so forth. She says, well, now I understand better. But the, but the, the contrast between when I was a kid and this was that the teacher told the kids, get under your desk, scream, yell. That is not the way to go. I don't know what's happened to this country, but I've seen a lot of changes, much of it bad. It's unfortunate the, air, uh, the Warbird community has asked us 
and has heard through the rumors of how things went here. When infractions of the rule, which were some were very, very exaggerated. I sat at the last meeting, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Someone even said we ought to check the credentials of these pilots. These pilots are experienced men. And FAA would love to get involved in that, I'm sure. But in the end, everyone agreed. It was a great time. The weather was great. And I don't think that in the future you will see any warbirds at Petaluma. That is for display or for flying. Thank you. Kent Carlomango. Good evening, Airport Commission. About three days before December 6th, I received, I think, a contact from Bob Patterson regarding the Airport Commission meeting. I was unable to attend that due to prior commitments. However, my father attended it. Um, from what I had seen by watching the 50-minute video on December 6th, a lot of the charges, the allegations are erroneous and exaggerated. We've been putting on air shows in Petaluma for, not air shows, fly-ins, for over the last 17 years without a safety hitch, without any problems at all. There seems to be some inconsistency between the years of 2007 and even up to last year. We had friends that were invited in. We had announced that we were going to be flying over the city of Petaluma for the parade and everything. Nobody wanted to require a permit. And then all of a sudden this year we invite a C-54, which is well within the limits of landing at the grounds of Petaluma, the airport. And all of a sudden all this comes up that we invited the public and we should have got a permit and everything like that. I've had conversations with one of the commissioners here via email and everything, and since we did not invite the public, it's according to Bob Patterson, it falls within the normal guidelines of being able to have such an event. It's not illegal if I want to have invite some of my friends to go flying at Petaluma Airport, and we just decide that we go out to an event and fly over it. How does, how does that in any way tie in with requiring a permit to bring that? There, were, there was no public. I think what happened, but the problem was on Saturday in the afternoon when we had the poster girls there. A good friend of mine, Kevin McKinney, who was not able to come to this, he was the man in charge in vets, in vets, the veterans that were being driven in the parade in Corvettes. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. But Kevin and I had spoken, and I said, Kevin, I said, you can have these people come out as long as you monitor them. That is, when you bring them out to the airport, that you don't let them run around all over the place, particularly these women and these older vets, that they stay contained, they don't go all over the airport. I think some of you may have been on the, under the impression that this was the general public. It was not. Those, that was the only other contingencies. And like Eugene Carlomagno had expressed before, these were all either pilots, people who had flown in, they were volunteers, they were sponsors, or they were people within this group. I have pictures here that I'm going to share with you um, 
it was on Friday in the afternoon when four airplanes arrived and they got fuel and everything. And this is the actual amount of people that were out there. There were maybe 20 people on Friday in the afternoon on Saturday, maybe at the most 50 to 75 at one time on Saturday. Sunday was the big day because that was the parade and the flyover. That's when a lot of these other people came to the event and everything. So I do have pictures. I'm going to share this with you, Bob. And also, rather than to get into it, there's so many, so much information in the 50 minutes that you guys spoke. What I did is I wrote a nice three and a half page letter. And what it did is it addressed some of the issues. You know, life isn't perfect. It's not a dress rehearsal. Yes, we did have some problems there at the airport and everything like that. They were not the safety issues that I was being accused of or the allegations that I was accused of. I think overall, I think, and according to some of our volunteers, even some of our pilots, I think we ran a doggone safe event. It wasn't an air show. It wasn't an air show because we didn't invite the general public. And if it had, you would have seen a lot more people. I had approached Gary McDonald on November 14th, 2011, to participate in this. I actually invited Papa to come out. And Gary turned his thumbs out. I said, what's the matter? He said, he said well, he said, you have 50-50 chance you're going to have bad weather. He said, that's why we're not going to do it. I wanted Papa to get involved in this. Why? Because I saw it as a win-win situation for them, along with our organization, the Petaluma Veterans Thing, to have a gate, to be able to bring people in, to have it insured, and they could make money, put it towards their scholarship fund, and then from some of the other proceeds, we could turn it over into the aircraft to put fuel into it. I don't know if a lot of you are aware of this. We sold over, 12, I think, Bob, about $12,000 worth of fuel that weekend. It was the most amount of 100 low lead we'd ever sold. That was good for the city of Petaluma. Produced revenue for some of the local businesses, the two niner diners, some of the downtown people. They had over 32,000 people at the parade that day on Sunday when we did this. Um, most of all, it gave recognition to all the veterans. That was the most important thing. Um, I think also, Having this, it also brought outsiders to want to come to the airport and stimulate the fact that, hey, there's an airport there and, you know, maybe I'd like to take a flight lesson. So with that, there's really nothing else that I have to say. I've got this letter. I'm going to give Bob a copy of that, which all of you can read. And if you'd like, you can um, give me your email address. I'll be more than glad to forward it to you. Do any of you have any questions while I'm up here? Or well, I guess um, uh, for the record, um, a question or a comment. Okay. Um, uh, to me, um, the number of people on the ramp on uh, on Saturday for that photo opportunity. Uh, it was actually Sunday. Was that Sunday? Yes, right. it was Sunday. For the uh, for the general, uh, certainly appeared to be the general public to me, um, and I think probably by any reasonable definition. Um, you say that there ha there weren't any uh, any safety issues, um, and uh, I guess I'm going to have to say I would beg to differ with you on that. Um, I think the reason, as you well know, there is a permitting process. It's part of it's enshrined in our local ordinances for these kinds of things, and it's to allow um, an orderly process um, to maintain the safety at the airport um, to know what's going to happen so that the local pilots can be advised of what's going to happen. Um, uh, you know, there's at least three areas that I saw potential safety issues. Um, I saw potential safety issues 
with uh, arriving uh, warbirds uh, apparently coming straight in uh, to runway 29 um, and with uh, uh, no calls indicating that there was a stream of aircraft um, and, and I know I was in the traffic pattern at the time. Uh, I saw potential safety problems with the way the link up was done um, after takeoff for to make the uh, pass over the uh, uh, over the Veterans Day parade itself. Um, I, I personally observed uh, numbers of high-performance warbirds circling out within the VFR traffic pattern um, that would also be occupied by arriving aircraft, student pilots, and everything else. Um, and that looked to me to be a safety issue. Um, and then uh, not, as the airport was not anticipating that, that there would be, you know, a number of, uh, the, either the number or size of the warbirds that actually showed up, uh, I'm sure you knew about it, but I don't think anybody at the airport. It's only was 10 aware. or 11 airplanes total, um, and and the number of individuals, um, uh, many of whom have never been out in the airport and presumably haven't been around airplanes that much. Um, there was no organization, um, you know, no marshalling to allow, uh, other than than the ad hoc that some of uh, the airport uh, personnel did to marshal the local tenants who are used to driving their car because it's the only way they can access their hangars. Um, and again, there was no, there, there was no type of, of pre-activity coordination. Nobody at the airport, uh, maybe you know, outside of the, the participants, uh, were really aware what was going on, what the traffic pattern should be, et cetera. Um, and those are, those are three things um, that I observed um, and in my 34 years uh, of, of flying, um, our potential safety issues, um, the kinds of things that can be addressed by coordination, and, and that's the why the city has the permit requirements. Those are my comments. Does anybody, other, board members, have any other comments that they would like to make? Chris, and I just want to address you. Uh, I addressed a lot of those things from from the 50-minute meeting, and I don't know if there's anything else that's come up. I tried to address those accordingly in terms of some of the things that the different airport commissioners commented on that night. So I tried to address, and, and I do hear what you're saying in terms of the safety with other traffic and in addition to the event itself, yeah. I'd, I'd like sure. to comment. Okay. Uh, sir, go ahead. Uh, I pretty much worked the event Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Didn't volunteer early because of various reasons, which I won't go into, but I was there. Uh, I'm the one between me and John Albert who marshaled the aircraft as they moved in and out of the uh, taxiways. And I'm responsible for the the display day that we put on every month. I don't have one-tenth of the movement of aircraft on that one day that we had during your fly-in. Your fly-in was not a fly-in. It was not a group of friends meeting at the airport to do a flyover like it may have been previously 
in other years during the week. But because it was held on a weekend, it encountered more people coming out to the airport, more aircraft than you've ever had before, bigger aircraft than you've ever had before, which put a lot of stress on airport personnel and those who volunteered. All of this could have been avoided by some conversations, honest conversations, truthful conversations, prior to the event. Things could have been planned. I did invite it. I invited Papa to participate and I invited Papa volunteers. Invited them, so they didn't come. That uh -huh. was their choice. And um, so therefore, if you didn't have the number of volunteers that you needed, it shouldn't have gone on. You should have made sure you had enough people to volunteer to cover all the things that needed to be done. And when I'm standing in front of a four engine DC four and people won't move because they're going to be in the way, then I know we've got a serious problem. I'm not saying it was wrong to have the event. Everybody enjoyed the flyover. Everybody enjoyed the airplanes. That's not what the issue is. The issue is how we handled it on the ground and also in the air when you we were trying to marshal aircraft. I went to your pilot briefing on Sunday. The intent was you were going to marshal the aircraft over the pond at Katadi. You didn't. You marshaled it at the northeast end of the airport, which is, as it was indicated, is the VFR entry point for the airport. I saw airplanes trying to come through your forming up in a circle. It was dangerous. It is what happened. All we're saying is, Kent, that if you're going to do anything like this again, it has to be done months in advance. It has to be pre-planned. You have to have the right number of volunteers. Yeah, we got by luckily. Nobody got hurt. A lot of egos got bruised. But the point is, when you have to look at it from the city's perspective, we have to protect the participants who are the pilots with all their experience and the visitors, both. We can't depend upon them to always do the right thing. Joe, may I say something? Sure. Like I said about this permitting process and everything, I didn't go through. Back in 2007, two of your ex, and this is true, two of your ex airport commissioners told me literally that I was better off not using the airport commission in order to do this. They said, they're gonna make you jump through hoops. It's not gonna be fair. They said, just do, invite the people. If, the, you know, if, it, if it happens, it happens and make it work. That's basically what they did, told me. I'm not gonna cite any names on that. I'm just saying, basically the reason why I didn't get involved in this is because of the pretense of which I'm telling you, which we did not, unless you can show me and prove to me where we advertised to the, invite the general public out, we did not invite the general public. I didn't put a banner up and say, come out to Petaluma Airport to see these airplanes. They were just there. Of course they're an attraction. People are gonna wanna come out and see them. It's inevitable. However, we did not go to try and invite the general public in order to increase stress on you and the other people that were out there and in any way 
attempt to endanger it. Quite frankly, and even in my letter I stated, there were so few people flying that day, it was like it was, it was dead. There were maybe two or three other people at the gas pumps trying to get fuel. There was hardly any other airplanes in the pattern. It was, it was basically like a dead weekend. So I'm not saying that, okay, we got lucky and we went ahead and winged it. I'm just saying basically that those were the circumstances in terms of my ex experience and my perception of it, you know? And you, have, you were working the ramp, so your perception is different than mine. I was trying to organize, run the event, make it successful, luckily it did. Another thing I wanted to say, um, I guess at your uh, subcommittee meeting and everything, it was brought up that we had taken monies. I wanted you to know we had a donation thing out there, basically. We had two things at the gate. We had a safety sign for all people that were coming in to not smoke on the ramp. We've put that up at every event that we've had. We also had a thing for donations out there so we could take that money and put it back into the fuel and some of the other requirements for these airplanes coming. They don't, they don't come cheap. And so, you know, we decided we'd put that money back into them. There was no profit made on this event. It wasn't like we were out there saying, gee, we're going to take and put extra money in our pocket. That was when, you know, I received Bob's letter a couple of weeks ago and everything like that. Obviously, we're not going to do an event like this ever again unless we, you know, do it through the airport commission. And that's what I just want you guys to know. Okay. And that's, and that's, yeah. all that's all we're all really saying. Yeah, okay. You know, I mean, I, I understand yeah. the, the insurance implications and all that. So that's it. Uh, a couple of things, Ken. Oh, okay. Um, I, first off, if former commissioners told you, you know, just go around the airport commission, uh, from my perspective, that still doesn't relieve you with complying with the rules and regulations um, of events at the airport. Um, whether or not you invite the public is irrelevant. The reality was they were there. So that's number one. Number two, I would hope that the way this particular event went for you and for us and for the airport and the city, um, from whatever your perspective is and those of your supporters, that this event is not used to tell Warbird drivers they are not welcome in Petaluma because that couldn't be further from the truth. I hope this is not used by you or any of your, your friends here or your dad, and I know your dad won't, he's a stand-up guy, um, that you don't then denigrate Petaluma Municipal Airport when we have a fiduciary responsibility to put the airport operation in the city of Petaluma. And I know I complied with your request, I was happy to do it, and announced twice with two email follow-ups in the Papa newsletter requesting volunteers. I was happy I, to do I, that for I, you. I, I appreciate that. that Thanks. You. And um, uh, uh, again, I, I hope you understand my point, mm -hmm. that you don't say that the Petaluma Airport or the Airport Commission is against Warbird drivers. We are not. Couldn't be further from the truth. As you well know, we've got a few on our own field. And they come out every display day. So please don't do that, because that wouldn't be fair um, and anyway, uh, if you would be willing next time you want to do one of these events, come to us. The permitting process is not intended to make life difficult mm -hmm. on you. It is to protect the entire airport, and that includes you because you're a tenant. So is your dad. We, I know you guys have been forever. Yeah. And we appreciate years. that. 
But you've got to understand a larger picture here. Mm -hmm. It's not about you and what you want to do. It's about how we have to protect the airport, the operation, all of the tenants, any public. It's not to make life difficult. Okay. Okay, you got one of, that? One of the things, I do, I copy, I get you. One of the things I wanted to say that I kind of got from both the subcommittee meeting and everything, it seemed that also some of the underlying issues may be also which is just the way that the airport's set up compatibility-wise. We don't have a tower, so therefore it's Unicom. Um, we've got a fuel island instead of a fuel truck. We don't really have to, it's like to do it, it may be in itself incompatible and in many ways to you know to be able to accommodate something that can support growth and and enduring over the years and everything. I'm sure that you know that given that odd valid point that had we been able to plan all of this knowing what your intents were and who might be coming um, size the aircraft everything we probably could have cleared a sizable area in the transient parking mm -hmm. on the ramp mm -hmm. and you would have been totally away from the gas pumps Local tenants would have been able to get there. If you'd wanted to have the calendar girls and the vets, which were cool, you rope off the area the way Joe does every month for our display days. That's not hard to do. So a little planning ahead, I think, would have gone a long ways for you. And I think what Joe's concern and, and John Elbert's for sure and Bob's and the rest of us is, it's like, oh my God, what's this? We didn't know this was happening. And when we're in that situation, um, we're kind of taken aback. And so if we'd have known, yeah. even if you said it could be this or this, somewhere in between, I'm not sure yet, but I'm planning for the alternatives and whatever contingencies we need. That's all the permit's for, ma'am. Okay? okay? We'll probably don't move this along. Is any of the other uh, council members have any comments that they want to make? One of, my, one of my biggest things, and Bob and I have talked about this, and he was like right on. The thing is, is that... I'm going to ask you to you know, oh, kind of wrap it up with okay. 60 seconds here. The thing is, is... To, to really make the gears that turn these things are to find dependable volunteers and people that say they're going to show up, not people that say they're going to do it and then they don't show up. And then the, the infrastructure crumbles and then guess what? I become the heavy again. I don't want to do that. You know, I, I, I want to work. I love doing these things, but it's like I need to know that there's backing. There's people behind that are going to do it. And so it's like that's the reason why I invited Papa because I felt that I could get the support of the organization and then that didn't happen. So, you know, that was okay. Thank you. Well, sir, you've had your opportunity. We've, we've kind of hashed this issue now. I mean, I let this go. I could have cut all this off at three minutes, but it, you know, it was an, uh, uh, an issue that everybody had interest in, so I kind of let it run. But you know, the clock has now kind of run here, and we really need to, you've had your opportunity, and, and I think I'm going to move it on here to our, our new business, but thank you. Okay, under new business, we have discussion and recommendation for a uh, new uh, aviation fuel supplier. Uh, and I guess I'll ask Bob to give us a little preamble of what that is and um, uh, the reasons why and what his recommendations are. Our current fuel supplier is um, World Fuels, who purchased Hiller, who purchased Air Petro, who <coughs> is the Chevron jobber. Uh, for the last four or five years, we have not been able to buy Chevron direct. We buy through a jobber. Well, Chevron has now made a decision that as of May 1, they will no longer be in the branded fuel market. Uh, Chevron will be producing aviation fuel, but you won't see it as a branded fuel. 
uh, branded fuel being like Chevron, uh, Shell, Phillips 66. So there's two ways um, obviously we can go. We can go with a branded, another branded fuel or we can go with an unbranded fuel. Uh, if you go with an unbranded fuel such as Avcard, Epic, or Ascent, you may be getting Chevron fuel and you may be getting Phillips 66 fuel. Uh, one thing to remember are all fuels have to have the same technical specifications uh, to be met. So it's just because we're buying a non-branded fuel doesn't mean it's uh, not the correct fuel. Um, I asked for the four companies to give us a proposal on not only what they charge per price, but also other services that are involved. Unfortunately, uh, two of them got back to us really late. One got back to us yesterday, one we received today, uh, which is kind of indicative of how they run their business, I think. But um, uh, World Fuel represents Ascent, which is their own private brand known on the East Coast, and they also represent Phillips 66. Um, Eastern Fuel, Eastern Aviation represents Shell. Uh, Eastern Aviation is run much like Air Petro was. It's a family organization, aviation related, and they're very high on customer service. Uh, you call, you get a person, and you'll get an answer right away. Our World Fuels and somewhat Av Fuel is a larger organization, and you may take a couple days to get an answer because they're out of their office or unavailable. Uh, looking through all the different services provided, uh, my recommendation is to go with um, Eastern Aviation, which is a shell product. Uh, the service bank fees are about the same, except that Shell honors their card and Shell MasterCard with no service charge, much like Chevron did. Uh, Philips and Ascent and Avcard all have a charge for using any card. Um, with Chevron, with not charging a service fee, we offered the five cent discount. And we could uh, once again do that with Shell if we so desired. Um, Sh Shell Fuel also has a parts and supply business associated with um, the aviation fuel system. So you can fil get filters and different test kits. Uh, instead of going out and finding it yourself, uh, they have it available for us. Uh, all the Shell representatives fly, and so if there is a need, they can be there uh, that day, which is sometimes very helpful, especially if you're having uh, some kind of a fuel problem. Uh, Shell does um, CD-ROM training. Uh, they do regional training. Uh, they also come out yearly and inspect your systems for uh, to make sure you're um, applying them correctly. Um, World Fuels, as far as Ascent is concerned, which is their non-branded firm, uh, will give you the documents and you have to do your own training. There's no on-site inspections, whereas with Phillips 66, the branded fuel, uh, they provide the training and the yearly inspections. I know it's a lot to digest at once. As, as far as this uh, training goes, is this uh, training that's required by the city that that the airport must uh, have a, have yearly training in, or what exactly is this training regarding? Uh, it's fuel integrity to make sure when you get the fuel, it's the proper um, 
specific gravity that you're treating it correctly to make sure it doesn't get contaminated. It's mainly on the fuel supplier side, although I'm sure the city would be very interested if we keep up with uh, all the right specifications and handling fuel correctly. Also associated with it is a fire training safety course that goes along with um, uh, both Shell and Phillips. This fire safety training is merely to get by until the regular fire protection services could get to you. Bob, a question. Um, there seems to be different MasterCard and Visa rates, one for qualifying and one for non-qualifying. What's the difference? Uh, qualified uh, transaction is when you swipe it, like at huh? the FastPay. Uh, currently, with our jet transactions, we run the card inside on a computer, so that would be a non-qualified. Mm -hmm. In the future, if we went with Shell or any other facility, we would have a POS machine inside where we would swipe the card and enjoy the qualified rate, which is right around 2.2%. Okay, I see that um, uh, Eastern Shell is 2.375% is across the board qualified or non-qualified is that is that the way it is or or did we just miss something here in the in the blank I think they're assuming that we'd use the POS uh, machines for all transactions okay uh, the current fast pay we have out on the island would be um, acceptable with shell and all the other fuel vendors so we would use that in addition to any POS transactions we perform inside so that would be considered a qualified that would be considered a qualified I noticed that the rate is slightly higher for Amex and is with Eastern and slightly higher for MasterCard and Visa. Um, it, it, is that going to have any significant effect on, on our revenues from the fuel farm? Uh, most of our transactions are Visa and MasterCard. Uh, very few are Amex. Mainly jet drivers come in with uh, American Express. And uh, I, have we looked at what the uh, what the it looks to me like there's a 0.175% um, higher rate with Eastern over the other ones, according to your spreadsheet here. Is that correct? Right. They are um, slightly higher on their service charge. Uh, one thing to note that on the Phillips brand side, that there's a $0.10 cent per transaction fee that they charge. So not, not only is the 2.2%, but there's a $0.10 cent charge as well. And as far as um, um, are they all going to sell us fuel at basically the same rate, or is there is there one? You know, I mean, I do know that uh, uh, um, uh, Shell gasoline at the local gas stations is always about eight ten percent, ten cents higher, which is always a mystery to me why anybody buys there, and I'm just. Um, I, I'm curious, uh, so that pr that prompts the question of, of you know what the what what the cost to us is going to be vis-a-vis -vis each of these three options here. Uh, they're all pretty close. They all ship out of Richmond or uh, Brisbane as an alternative. They would fuel out of or ship out of Sacramento, but that'd be at a higher rate. Uh, right now, um, Chevron is costing us for jet fuel. Uh, three dollars and ninety cents. Uh, with Shell, it'd be three eighty, and with Abfuel, it'd be three ninety one. So they're fairly close. Uh, Hundred low lead. Um, Chevron presently is four sixty eight. 
Shell is 467 and Avfuel is 485. So um, the cost is mainly out of the refinery plus uh, trans, uh, transportation fees and um, any state and local taxes. Um, so if I understand that then basically um, the, the, the cost of the shell fuel is going to be competitive with the unbranded, you know, or the ascent, whatever that is, or, um, uh, and is comparable to what we have currently? That's correct. Do the other uh, potential suppliers um, have those spare parts and, and equipment that um, Shell offers for our fuel system? Um, World Fuel, uh, which purchased the two other companies, is getting away from having parts on supply. So we'd have to go search for that on our own if we went with Ascent? Right. And how about the Phillips? I guess it's the same, same deal? The Phillips um, is the same, yes. Okay. Um, Av Fuel say they do have a few spare parts and, and filters, but uh, Shell seems to have the actively providing actively, those spare right. parts when we need them. Okay. Bob, has uh, any of these uh, suppliers been out to the airport and looked at our fuel farm and truck and whatnot and had any comments as to, oh, I see you have this sort of filter, uh, that sort of hose, and uh, we recommend that you change these out or those are not up to standard or what have you. Is there, has there been any uh, talk about that? Right. The representative from Shell uh, was out last week and we walked the whole system. Uh, and um, he was noticing our filtration system uh, could use an update, which I agree with. And he was also noticing we have a few hoses that um, are facing replacement here shortly. And, and again, they have these uh, products and we'd purchase them directly from them or, or they bring them on as uh, we're a new client or how, how are we looking at in that point? Uh, the hoses they would have in stock, uh, as far as the filtration system, you'd have to have that, you'd have to order the parts and have it installed. That's a specific. And then they do that installation because I know in the past we have a, a separate person come out that seems to do some of the actual mechanical hands-on work. And that would have to be handled by a local vendor. Okay. Uh, like we use Petrotech or there are several that could uh, perform that function. And then far as I know for flexibility, um, our current supplier, we can buy a split load, so to speak. Will we be able to carry on that and uh, with these other vendors or where are we at with that? I know for uh, the Shell product, they would be other airports would need to have a split loads so we could uh, help out with those as well. Currently, we need to order 8,700 gallons of 100 low lead and 8,000 gallons of jet. Uh, a lot of the smaller airports can't handle that, so periodically we do split. And then one more comment. Um, th there's currently, it's been in the uh, aviation trades of, of a, uh, a lawsuit that's um, being imposed by a group out of Berkeley on um, different aviation suppliers and FBOs and whatnot. Are any of these um, suppliers involved in that or do we know or is, is there any potential um, problem with that in that, let's say we, we choose one of these and then comes the fact that, you know, they're having issues and they have to shut down or what have you. Um, can we up and pick up another vendor immediately or what, 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 what's the process there? Unfortunately, there are a lot of vendors that are disappearing. Uh, Exxon no longer uh, produces aviation fuel. Air BP has gotten out of the aviation fuel business. 
Uh, Chevron still produces aviation fuel, although it will not be branded. I'm not aware of any uh, of the other remaining vendors that are facing any lawsuits, but I'm sure uh, they'll be named somewhere down the line. One thing I forgot to mention that I called a couple of the airports that do purchase from Shell, and they were uh, very had high remarks for their customer service and how quick they get back to you and uh, how they felt that they were uh, wanted and needed as far as the supply chain. And then how about signage? Would they bring on signage? And because uh, currently we have like one sign and <laughs> whatnot, it seems like we can we can do a little better in that department, perhaps. All the companies that I've talked to so far will replace the signage, okay. and they talk about different options that are available to us, including taking the signs off the truck and putting new decals on. Yeah, I I had uh, one question for you. On the uh, Richmond is the where the product is actually manufactured, is my understanding, and Sacramento has a depot for it, and I think it's Fremont has another depot for it. Now, is there any reason they would not have fuel at Richmond for us here and we'd have to get it from another place and pay extra for it? Or The Chevron plant had uh, many problems with Iraq and it would go down quite often and we'd have to pull from Fremont or other locations. I've not heard that from Shell, from any of the people that I talk with. Mm -hmm. Obviously, well, the further we pull it away from, the more cost we get. or if they'd couldn't produce it or something happened and we'd have to get it someplace else, would we be paying more for it? Right. When that happened with Chevron in the beginning, they would um, not charge us the extra transportation mm -hmm. fees. We've received it several times out of Long Beach and Salt Lake City. I see. Um, but they have closer facilities for Shell and the others. Madam Chair, I have a question. Sure, go ahead. Uh, Bob, are any of these uh, providers, are any of these people local? Um, there's the one gentleman from uh, that represents Shell is out of Chico. Um, no one in Sonoma County. No, no one in Sonoma County. How about someone like Royal Petroleum? Uh, Royal Petroleum is a hauler. Uh, they would haul uh, an unbranded fuel or a branded fuel, whoever we went with. Um, Could they provide at a lower rate? It'd be the same rate. Yeah. Uh, one thing we need to look at, though, is our credit card fees, our credit card services. Uh, I don't know if um, Royal Petroleum handles those or not. I don't either. Yeah. I just know that they're local. Right. You mentioned the shell with the, the parts, the filters, the things that, you know, will be a bonus on top of the fuel. Right. Is there, can we get a contract and kind of a guarantee that we sign this deal on a Monday that they don't fold up by Friday and just can't do that anymore? Uh, we when we when we go forward with any of them, we'll have an agreement with uh, the vendor and the company that a five-year agreement to be in business. And, and that the parts and the filters and the right. things that come with the expectation will run the length of the contract. Right. Yeah, I had another question. I believe in somewhere in that document that I read that there's a five-year contract involved. Excuse me. That's correct. Yeah. And is, would that be a were they just saying that would there be a problem if they decided to uh, quit producing the, the fuel and we, they have a five-year contract with us and they, I guess, curious to know if what is, what's in that contract. What guarantees? Yeah, I what think the guarantees, guarantees I mean, we want to make sure that we have product for the next five years and they want to make yeah. sure that they have a, a fuel uh, vendor. 
Bob, procedurally, um, this has got to go before the city council for approval. That is correct. correct. Um, then, uh, what um, uh, other than than discussion? We seem we have action down here. Um, are you looking for a, a, a resolution uh, from the airport commission? Um, I don't think a resolution. I think a recommendation that we move forward. Uh, what has to happen next is we contact whoever we choose as a vendor, uh, have them sign an agreement, send to us so we can have our legal department look at it, and then we need to bring it before city council for their approval, and that could take up to eight to six to eight weeks. So we're pressing pretty close to May one. Um, do I have a motion uh, maybe to uh, accept Bob's recommendation? Uh, so moved. Second. Discussion. Moved and second. Discussion? How long has you had these, uh, and these are fairly lengthy documents on which this decision tonight is supposed to be based? The they straight out. I haven't read these two documents. I'm sure. Uh, the shell I received uh, this morning about 10 o'clock. Uh, the world fuel I received about two weeks ago. Uh, we had another proposal that came in about 4.30 today, which you didn't get to view. Any other discussion on the motion? Um, and uh, just so we, we're clear, the motion uh, is that uh, uh, the airport commission recommends that uh, the uh, city move forward to contract with Eastern for Shell branded fuel. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Um, having clarified the motion, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. <coughs> Committee reports. Tom, you want to say yeah. something for the operations subcommittee? Sure. Um, mostly just the uh, revenues and expenses again. And uh, you'll note on the Bob's monthly spreadsheet uh, the budgeted amount column for revenues and expenses and our uh, grants and loan payments um, shows a uh, a deficit for the year. In fact, there's a number that's transposed in there, and the actual numbers, when um, straightened out, uh, we're projecting about a $75,000 surplus in the positive uh, as our budget. As you can see right now, we're at 122,000 positive so far in the year, but we've got loan payments and some city overhead to make. So, so far everything is on track. Uh, fuel sales are down a little bit, but you know, all things considered. Um, and also, as you probably are aware, we get one-third of the uh, personal property tax um, assessment that the county makes on our aircraft and the city hangars that we keep them in or out on the ramp. And we get one-third of that back. One-third stays with the county, one-third comes to the Petaluma and is targeted for schools school budget as I understand it and the final third comes back to the airport um, we had budgeted I think what was it Bob 60,000 or something and we got about 10 or 12,000 more than what we had budgeted from the county so that's all on the plus side so we continue to continue 
Um, I also received a copy of the asset and liability spreadsheet, um, sort of the business of the uh, overall operation, and I got that this afternoon. I'm going to be wading through that because I haven't waded through that for a few years here, and I just wanted to take a look at it um, just to dig a little bit and see what all the numbers say. The numbers that we get from Bob are absolutely on, on target, but I just want to look at the uh, balance sheet assets and liabilities and make sure everything's copacetic. I, I look at it briefly this afternoon, and it seems like everything's in good shape, but I just want to look at that a little more detail. So other than that, we're doing pretty well, all things considered. Um, I'll make one more comment under the Operations Committee since I sit on that committee. Um, as Bob alluded to earlier, we did have two meetings of the subcommittee um, related to um, the safety issues that we saw um, uh, that resulted uh, in from the um, uh, Veterans Day uh, flying event. Um, and, you know, I just want to make clear that you know, the committee looked at this, and and uh, uh, while we appreciate very much the, um, the the flyover and hope it happens again, um, in all things in aviation, you know, from you know the, your your first flight uh, as a student pilot, planning is safety, and and by shortcutting, the committee felt strongly that by shortcutting the planning process, the, the permit process, we shortcut the planning process, and by shortcutting the planning process, we shortcut the safety. Um, and that's where the, the subcommittee was coming from on that. Projects. Well, as, as one of the project uh, uh, subcommittee people, I guess, uh, I'll, I'll go. Um, <coughs> I guess Bob was uh, thinking that we didn't have much to do, so um, he gave me the task of uh, lining out some, uh, trying to get some shirts made up. And uh, so I'm, I'm working on that. I've got a couple of, uh, of people uh, that I've, I've gotten some proposals on. Um, I'm gonna be forwarding them to the other uh, subcommittee members, Joe and Fred, um, and we'll, uh, we'll take a look at it and have something uh, by the next meeting. Some the the basic design for uh, will be the the one that was produced by the uh, student um, that we might make some minor changes because of the uh, one of the one of my suppliers said that the density of the threads would be just way too much and it'd be like a big rock in your pocket so uh, um, we might we might make some uh, revisions to that but we'll we'll talk about that at the at cool. when I uh, get everything kind of together and I'll, I'll send it to you guys, email it to you guys and we can, we can uh, figure it out. Any comments uh, regarding the uh, project subcommittee? All right, uh, manager's report. I'm happy to announce that um, we've uh, rented out 18D as of uh, April 1. So that was good news. So that leaves us with one executive hangar uh, that's empty and one that has a temporary person in it uh, for the time being. We also have one 41-foot hangar that is um, open. So although we've had quite a bit of movement these last couple months, uh, we've had, we've enjoyed those coming on board to uh, fill those hangars. Uh, AIP 23, which includes a replacement of the voltage regulator and 
the design of the runway rehabilitation. Uh, the voltage regular was ordered. It's due in Friday and it should be installed the week of February 25th. So this installation should take uh, no more than a half a day. And, uh, then we'll be able to um, have it revert to low intensity uh, during the evening hours and uh, higher intensities are controlled by the pilot, which is the way it was intended. Uh, currently we're doing a hangar survey of Novato and um, Napa and I'm going to uh, get the figures from NOS to see how we compare with our hangar rates. Uh, this is in preparation for the budget which is we'll be starting uh, working on here shortly. So with the subcommittee, when I get my information uh, completed, we'll be meeting and uh, talking about budget issues. And I had a question, question regarding the uh, hangar survey. Um, you mentioned Ganas and uh, Napa. Are we looking at um, Santa Rosa as well? But that's correct. Yes. Yep. Did you say that? I did. Yes. Sorry. Uh, one thing we need to look at when we do look at Santa Rosa, they have many hangars as well as Napa. Some are older and some are uh, a little newer vintage, so we want to make sure we compare the right, right hangars to uh, those of our equivalent. How does Nut Tree line up with relevance to uh, our city-owned hangars? Is, is that a comparable operation or no? I've not looked at Nut Tree. That's standpoint. a little bit out of our area. Okay. I, I certainly can. Just, just wondering. Any other questions or comments for uh, uh, Bob under manager's report? All right, moving on to commission comments. Well, we've had some along the way. Do we have any other uh, commission comments about anything? I need. something willing to say we can come back to it okay um, I'd like to welcome councilmember Chris Albertson to the Commission your first meeting um, and I appreciate your dedication and the time you took to meet with me uh, for lunch the other day to talk about the airport and our operation so welcome Chris be looking forward to working with you looking forward to the year it'll be educational <laughs> anybody else have any comments well, I just uh, want to thank uh, Bob. I guess you took the lead on getting all of this uh, fuel stuff scored away, and it looks like uh, you got three uh, people here, and it looks like the me shell seems to be the one that should be getting the the nod on it. It was rather surprising. Um, I'm sure all these vendors knew that Chevron was um, backing out, but yet uh, we had to. Uh, call and ask for them to come out and give us proposals. Yes, I, I remembered what I wanted to say. <laughs> I didn't think I was having a senior moment yet, but evidently that's not the case. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, it's been, I believe, um, perhaps maybe two, maybe three years since um, um, Papa has come before the commission to talk about its display day and. In, in light of recent events, I didn't uh, wonder if we wanted to have them come and, and speak to what they're doing. Um, you know, the people, personnel have changed in the, in the interim and um, make sure that they're on board with uh, 
what's happening out at the airport as far as, as safety and all things that were were discussed that uh, everybody's on board with that. So just, uh, I don't know. I think it'd be a welcome uh, meeting to have them come out and uh, discuss uh, where they're going with the um, open house and also um, any events they have planned as far as repairs at the airport. Yes. Well, there's no one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, just one or a couple of quick comments. First, uh, Chris, thanks for joining us on the committee. Second, uh, I want to reiterate what uh, was just said about uh, the fly-in. The intent was not so much to slap Kent's hand as it was to bring out the points that things that could have gone wrong and why the planning process needs to go forward because of safety. Uh, we got lucky. Uh, there were too many chances where things could have gone wrong, but the right people were in the right place at the right time and kept things under control. So that's, that's good. And um, I want to apologize maybe for uh, the way that I worked with Mr. Kent uh, in terms of telling him what I thought was wrong and I may have gotten a little bit uh, my juices flowing there and uh, should have slowed down a little bit but uh, it's an important thing to me because the the safety of the pilots no matter how many hours they've got flying and the public is my prime objective in that or in the display day and I look forward to uh, being in front of the board and uh, next meeting to explain the display day. Thank you. Okay. Motion to motion to